All right, we are now live. Welcome to 2024, Micah. What's the word over in Texas? How was your Christmas and New Year's? It was good. Uneventful. Stayed home. Didn't go back to Wisconsin. Um, man, the highlight for for all of you guys listening, you know, Trey and I have never met in person. He flew out to Austin. We played some golf, and uh, he he got to, he he got to see my contrarian stance and setup. But <laughs> ugliest no, it was golf swing, ugliest golf swing in the history of golf. Also, for the record, um, do do you remember what our scores were? No, I who can't. won? I guess. Oh man. I- <laughs> It's escaping me. <laughs> Micah had uh, my. Let's put it like this: Micah didn't have his best round. So, but let's. Anyways, but let's also let you guys know. Hey, hold on a second. For those who don't know, uh, Trey is about six foot six. I'm about five eleven and a half, <laughs> maybe oh, six foot. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you you always claim you're over six foot, and then when you want to play the victim, uh, now we're going. Now we're going five eleven. I dude, I've shrunk. I have I in high school football. I remember the measuring. I was like five eleven, right there at the six foot mark. And then for some reason, I'm like barely over five eleven now. Um, but uh, anyways, so you might be surprised to hear I basically drove the golf ball just as far as as your boy Trey <laughs> three hundred. Yeah, when it was in when yours was in the fairway, which wasn't often, but we'll. <laughs> Enough banter. I, probably, yeah. <laughs> I won. Right. You lost. Uh, I'm learning so a new you swing. Won the revit- yeah, yeah. You already have a new swing? No, no. I said that was only my fourth time playing with this new setup. Oh, so, right. Got yeah. it. When yeah. you play once, a, once every setup, six weeks. Boy, let me tell you. All right. So you won in revenue last year. I won in golf. Okay. One for me, one for you. We'll see how this year plays out. But enough of the banter, because we don't want to bore everybody. It is 2024. It is time to get some shit rolling, crush uh, revenue goals, get some shit in motion, you know, have a great year. The newsletter went out last night uh, on the, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it went out on the 7th, and it was entitled the, (laughs) what, it was crazy ass title oh i enjoyed writing that let me find it it was the tiny the tiny muscle work out <laughs> this one tiny muscle if you want to crush it in 2024 <laughs> and i almost said not that muscle you perverts but i didn't say that um and basically here's the gist of it and actually you know what i'm going to turn it over to you because you actually inspired it you sent me that Andrew Huberman, David Goggins clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to? I, I just I found it pretty profound. Uh, it connected a lot of dots for me. A lot of people might watch it and be like, "Well, of course." But it was just the fact. I, I'll let you explain it. And uh, sure. I thought it was pretty profound. Yeah, and you know, in in the podcast show, well, let me tell you what I what it is. So the, there's something called the anterior midcingulate cortex, and no, I did not get that right off the first time saying it. it took me like 20 times recording a YouTube video to finally get it down. Um, but it's a part of your brain that 
it, it basically grows or shrinks when you do things, it grows when you do things you don't want to do. Hard stuff, right? Now, hard stuff, it can't just be hard stuff. If you enjoy the hard stuff, it won't grow. It has to be things you don't like doing. So, you know, it'll it'll vary for everybody. For me, I hate, like I, I, I did a YouTube video on this, but I hate like calisthenics and holding, like trying to hold something for a minute without looking at the clock. That's freaking tough and I don't look forward to it, right? And uh, it's challenging. So anyways, that scenario, I would grow this part of my brain. Well, this part of your brain is directly associated with willpower, tenacity, essentially discipline, right? Getting stuff done and, you know, just, just kind of gritting it out. Um, so anyways, it was pretty cool. And there's in the study, there was uh, like obese people have a much smaller anterior mid-singulate cortex. Uh, athletes have much larger ACMs and um, people that live long in life have a very large ACM. And AMC you know, so was, brother, AMC, AMC, here mid cigulate. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. AMC. <laughs> um, so I thought it was cool. And it was funny cause they were talking on the podcast and Goggins was like, yeah, I guess I kind of just knew this stuff without, <laughs> without knowing the science behind it. And if Huberman was more the scientific guy and he's like, yeah, you know, they actually did these studies on humans and they could show this part of your brain that was growing. And so I think it's kind of a cool podcast interview because it shows both sides of it. Maybe you're on the David Goggins side. You're like, dude, I don't know all the why or how behind things. I just know this is you do hard things and it helps me do things hard. hard. It helps me repeat the action, right? I do hard things once. I can wake up the next day. It's a little bit easier. Um, but then Huberman gives this the kind of the scientific background behind it. And and so if you like that angle, check out that podcast. But um, I thought it was really interesting for producers too because – I first messaged you because I was like, man, this would be kind of a cool topic. Because actually when you're cold calling, you're if you hate cold calling or prospecting, as you put put in that letter, you're technically growing your willpower. You know, you're you're working on your tenacity muscle, your discipline muscle. So if maybe that maybe just that thought alone will help help you hit your numbers. And I also thought it was interesting for another reason, because in the insurance industry, for us seasoned producers. We always have these goals like, hey, if I get my book to a mill or half a mill, I'm just going to kick my feet up and chill. Well, maybe that's not good because the other side of this study shows that if you don't keep uh, basically working out this AMC, anterior mid-singulate cortex, it actually goes the opposite way. So I think this is why as you get older, well, you know, you're like, oh, man, it's just I don't have the same gear I used to have, the same drive, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe because you're not pushing yourself, you know, when you're younger, we're always in sports, you're doing harder things, you're trying new stuff. And so like, I think that's maybe part of the reason that as you get older, you just don't, you don't push yourself and it just seems harder to make calls. Right. And so I thought it was just a good parallel to like insurance uh, agents and producers. And uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. So a couple of things on that is it is. I, I framed it in the newsletter as a muscle because as they talk about in the video and you hit on this, as you do things that you don't want to do, it actually grows in size and strength. And then when you stop doing the things that you don't want to do, it shrinks, right? So it's kind of like this mental muscle exercise. But, and the, but the thing that I've noticed, at least for me and in, in my life experience is this stuff all bleeds into other areas of my life. And so when I when I don't do that last set of heavy squats, then it's that much easier to not eat 
the stuff that I'm supposed to eat. When I don't hit my call block, it's that much easier to not whatever uh, cut my grass. You know, it's sure. like uh, when you punt the hard work, it's like this uh, spiral that feeds itself, cycle that feeds itself. And, and you know, so – and Goggins goes into like, oh, suffer, suffer. And, and I get it. Like uh, I think there's a bit of like uh, – he's a little bit of a masochist where he just likes to suffer. And But I think it's – I actually kind of like it how Alex Hermosi puts it. It's like doing the work for the work's sake, meaning like you just do it because it's got to get done and by you it's kind of like a uh, waves crashing into a rock it's like the waves hit the rock but it comes back to you right so the work works on you mm-hmm. and, and i kind of i kind of like that like uh it knocks off the rough edges so you're not even necessarily doing it because it hurts but you're doing it because it's the best thing for you to do. Uh, it shapes you. It molds you. It makes you a better version of yourself. If you like, you know, as Goggin says, this embracing the suck, go for it. But um, I actually, Hermosi puts it a little bit better. Like you do the work for the work's sake. The work works on you as much. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? I don't know if I said that very well. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about the older producers, like, well, I kind of, you know, I I'm, I'm just don't really – do it like I used to, you know, I don't really grind it out. I, I don't like the word grind because I definitely think we're in like this uh, hustle porn culture where it's like, Oh, hustle grind. It, I, I don't like framing as grind. It's like, um, it's like just doing the boring work, you know, like you just make your, make your calls. That's not a fucking grind. You know, like nobody's asking you to go run an ultra marathon. You just make an X amount of calls or, just cut your grass or just give your wife attention or, you know, whatever it is, these things that, uh, not that I don't want to give my wife attention. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know I what I mean? Saying. Like you, you're just doing the work. You're just doing the work for, for its own sake. Yeah. A couple of points there. I think you make that were, that are, that are important. You know, we think we live in this like, uh, siloed, some of us live in this siloed system where it's like work life. It was like, as I've really noticed this as becoming an insurance agent, it's just life, right? Because we have such a flexible schedule. It, you know, kind of like a real estate agent, right? You're just, you got to be at your client's call. You're kind of like, you're working on different deals. You got to go to, you know, you're going to lunches with people. You're just doing playing golf. You're, you're making phone calls. You're doing all that stuff. So it's just, there's just life. And I think if like, when I started looking at it like that, it's like, I actually don't mind going to work. It's just like, I'm just, making calls today. I'm trying to grow my business. Like, this is just what I got to do. Um, but the important part of that is what you do in your, you know, all parts of your life are going to bleed into your, your business life, right? Your results at work. So if you're, you know, have terrible habits at home eating, or you're, you know, mentally exhausted, fatigued, or, you know, relationship issues, whatever, it's all going to bleed into your work for the most part. And I think that's important for people to realize. I think a lot of people do understand that um more than they used to probably 20 years ago um so i and and, you know on the whole grind hustle culture porn stuff i mean i get why that's annoying uh 
and I think if we're all being honest, like there's times in your, your mind, you know, you need that little motivation, right? You want that kick in the, in the pants, but, but yeah, that's, that's not really realistic. And it's, it's interesting. I did a, I did a short video on our YouTube channel and I said, the only goal that I would have if I was a new producer is one and it has nothing to do with revenue. It's uh 9,600. That's my goal. And, um, I was like, you know, it's the only thing you can control. It's the number was of 9,600 phone calls <laughs> in a year. Yep. Well, so I did 48, speaking of grinding and hustle, so I did 48 weeks. So I allotted four weeks for vacation holidays, you know, not, not be grinding 80 hour days. Right? <laughs> or, that's not even possible. 80 hour weeks. Um, so I just took that times 200. I said, Hey, this is the one thing. And the reason I, th I think that's the one thing, because everything else will take care of itself. You get the people like, oh, it's, you know, just dial in for dollars. And like, dude, this is kind of a numbers game. But on the flip side, I've seen people, you go out the revenue side and they land uh, younger guys, you know, crush it. They land one or two big accounts first one or two years. They kick their feet up. They kind of, they lose uh, sight of the, of the daily work they got to do to get them there. Right. And that foundation crumbles because they tasted, you know, they got a little spoiled and maybe they got a little lucky on, you know, landed a big account. And then they're out out of the game in year three or four or five. And meanwhile, you got the guy who just maybe does seventy to hundred k every year, you know, and then just hits it, hits it, hits it. All of a sudden, you look back at your seven eight, and he just did those little things consistently, like you said, or Hermosi would say, you know, just did the work. And he's sitting there at year eight, and he's making half a million dollars a year. Well, the other guy's on his third job, doing what the hell, you know, <laughs> whatever the hell else we we know. But um, so I just think it's interesting on that. Uh, I, I, so for me, that's the only goal I would have as a new producer. And even, even as a seasoned producer, that's kind of more my goals. Like I can, cause that's all I can control as well. Now, again, you got to be calling on the right prospects. If you're, if you're 9,600 calls, you're calling people that are paying 5,000 bucks a year. Well, it doesn't do you much good. So there's, there's always different components to it, but the only goal is, Hey, build a good prospect list. And then I can control my activity. That's all I can control my activity, my attitude. So, you know, the um so as you know i have five kids and uh my i would say like the great kids they are very well behaved they've reasonably mannered like but because our house is always chaos their habits are just fucking terrible like they go in to all brush their teeth at night and like because you know i'm trying to wrangle the baby and you know rachel's packing lunches for the next day or whatever like we're just not our kids habits are just terrible like everywhere they go it's like uh remember like the old looney tunes where like the tasmanian devil comes in and it's like where are we spinning and everything just goes that's what it's like it's like as they move from room to room it's just they're just uh it's just a path of destruction and so uh rachel and i've been talking about how we can do a better job of keeping the house in order, getting the kids good habits so that they can wash their dishes out, put them in the sink, brush their teeth, put the cap back on the damn toothpaste, put it in the cabinet, rinse your toothbrush off, put it where it goes. You know, if you have one kid, you're probably like, oh, that's not hard. But let me tell you, when you got five of them, it gets hard. You know what I mean? Like you take for granted these little these little habits that your kids should be building. And so I say all that to say what we basically came up with, and I, I didn't come up with this. I heard this from a guy that I listened to. 
but it's basically like uh, you take each month instead of like trying to make this massive overhaul like we all try to do in the new year. I'm going to make this many phone calls and I'm going to work out every day and, and I'm going to do this and that and the other. He's like, no, just pick one micro habit for January. So what is the one thing that you're going to this is all you're going to focus on. So then February comes. 30 days. What little micro habit are you going to do? And then if you look at it over the course of the year, when you looked up, you've made that total overhaul, right? But you've made it so much more easy stacked tiny habit on top of tiny habit on top of tiny habit. James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits as well. But so basically for the kids, it's like for the month of January, the only thing that we are going to hammer on is you're going to brush your teeth you're going to have the bathroom clean, cat back on, toothbrush up. That's it. That's the one habit that we want to instill for 30 days. And then in February, it's going to be putting your clothes in the freaking dirty clothes hamper. But it's like if I just try to micromanage everything as they go throughout the day, all I end up doing is just yelling at them all day, you know? Or like if I'm doing it for myself, if I give myself this 12-point checklist to hit every day, like that becomes overwhelming. It's too much. It's an overload. And so building these little micro habits um, is kind of what I'm doing in 2024. And I think this ties into the Huberman stuff. It's like, what one little thing do you know you need to be doing, but that you're not doing? And like, how can, like, just do that. So you say 40 calls, I make 25 calls. Maybe if you're listening, maybe you just commit to five calls. Uh, you know, especially if you come from where I come from, where most nobody makes any cold calls. Can you just make five cold calls every day? That's that's a small little hurdle to carry. Can you make yourself make five cold calls? Do it every day for January. Then, uh, and this is assuming that cold calling is the medicine that you need to take, but you don't want to take. Then in February, once you've established that, can you make it 10? In March, can you make it 15? And then just stack. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, but I, I, I just thought I'd share that, especially with New Year and goals and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I, um, no, I love that stacking your wins. I think a lot of people, online creators, talk about that. Um, I was thinking of a, a book I read, Darren Hardy. What's it called? Compound Effect. Love one of my favorite mm -hmm. books of all time. He just talks about the small little stuff and how it compounds. And I think that's where we lose sight. Like you talked about your kids on your tooth, on their toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah. You have the laundry, you have the other stuff that you want them to do, but if they just get better at the toothpaste, it'll bleed into other areas of their life. And that's where we talked about this before with niching. And, um, you know, I'm watching, we, we've got, we got a YouTube course so we can, I can up my YouTube game. Right. But one of the things he likes when he talks about niching on there, or he talks about that I liked, was he's like, so many people get lost in the, in the mindset of, if I niche, I'm going to lose out on all these other opportunities. Like, like you only, you know, are going to have opportunities come your way that are within that niche. And uh, he was just saying like, yeah, that's where you're, you're focused, but it's going to, you know, it's going to help allow you to focus really in on those, that niche, but also you're going to bring in, you know, the stuff on the, on the out, outliers, right? You're still going to get other stuff that's going to come your way. It's, but it's going to make you stronger overall if you just focus on one thing. And so I think as producers, it's kind of interesting too, because I think one of our biggest fears of like niching is like, yeah, you know, I'll get so focused on this that I, uh, 
what, what if I get a call from a manufacturer? It's like, dude, if you get a call from a manufacturer and it's a layup, you can still work it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like if you're all in on construction, it doesn't mean you can't help other people. It just means that you focus and you're still gonna have other opportunities come your way. But anyway, so yeah, I really like what you're saying there. I think I think it makes a ton of sense to just do those little things every day. It makes it more easy. It makes it easier. Um, and we all struggle with this, especially this time of year. You, we have all the stuff we want to do. I, you know, I've thought about doing a post on this several times. Like if I listed off the things I fail, failed at or like quit at wanting to learn Spanish, wanting to, you know, run 10 miles, wanting to whatever. I, there's so many things throughout every year that I kind of beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, I want to do this. I'm gonna start doing this. And I fall off after 30 days, but there's usually one or two things I'll stick that I'll stick with. And so I think, I think that's important um, to keep in mind. And uh, you know, it's funny you talk about the little things and I always think about like, uh, even as little as uh, I think I've told you this story before when I fold laundry, I hate, you know, folding laundry pretty much. Um, but like my daughter's pants will be inside out, right. Or her shirt with these little tiny holes of a three-year-old. And I'm sitting there in that moment. I literally, I'm like, you got the, the guy on your left shoulder and the guy on your right. It's like, do I just fold it inside out and put it in the drawer? I mean, what she wears it, she could, you know, she could put it the right way and put it on. And I'm like, so that's like a little thing in my life. Where I'm like, no, just dude, just turn it inside, turn it the right way, then fold it. Don't leave it inside out, you know? And so that that's just like a perfect example. But if you just do that, and I've really made a concerted effort to do that now, every time I do laundry and, and, you know, does that have an impact on all the other areas of my life? Maybe, maybe not. But I think if, you know, all those little things add up and I think that's what like people talk about making your bed every day, you know, that's, that's the reason why it's just because it all just stacks and compounds and, ultimately ends up kind of being who we are. Well, you say, you know, does it affect other areas of my life? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Well, I, I think it clearly, you know, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it clearly does, right? Like, because there is actually that anterior mid-cingulate cortex that is basically your willpower muscle in your brain, and it literally grows and shrinks depending on whether you do the shit you don't want to do or not. So it yeah. absolutely does. Um, and so, you know, I think I'm going to title this podcast, How to Crush Your Goals in 2024. And so I'll leave you with this, that this is basically it. Two things. Number one, do, do the work that you know you should be doing, but you're avoiding. Just ways. And if it is so big and overwhelming that you can't bring yourself to do it, instead of starting with 40 calls or instead of starting with you know, cutting your calories to 2000 calories a day or w whatever it is, instead of making it this huge, massive thing, if, if, if that part of your brain hasn't been exercised and worked out yet, can you just chunk it down to smaller and just chunk it down into monthly goals? I'm going to walk 10,000 steps every day in January. I'm going to hit the gym four days a week in January, whatever, something small, and then stack on top of that. But at the end of it, the, the, the doing the shit you don't want to do every single day, day after day, it's going to build and grow on itself. Obviously, that PC part of your brain grows. And then at the end of the year, the goals are going to take care of themselves, right? Because like I look back at 2023, if I had just done what I said I was going to do, I would have written, you know, that's why I wrote 120 and you wrote fucking 340 or whatever it was. You know, like you just <laughs> are way better at doing. What'd you do? 300? 
Yeah, roughly. I mean, uh, yeah, somewhere okay, in that yeah. ballpark. But it's because you're just better at doing the stuff that you need to be doing than I am. My willpower, my AMC is smaller than yours. I may hit the golf ball way further and score way better. But at this point, your little, uh, your AMC brain muscle is just bigger than mine. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it hey, is. Uh, but the so, positive I'll leave you with this. is you can work it out. You can work it out, right? So I'll leave you with this. And I'll go ahead and put this out there so that it is into the world, into the universe. My wife uh, had also listened to that thing, too. And she challenged me. Uh, she's like, you know what? I think that you take the easy way more times than you should. Which is kind of hard Damn. to hear from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> So she's like, I'm going to challenge you. I know that you have started and stopped in the past, but I'm going to challenge you to run one mile a day every single day and don't break the, don't break it Wow! and see how long you can do it. So I'm not saying I'm going to run a mile every day for 365 days, but I ran a mile yesterday and I ran a mile the day before that. And my goal is just just run one mile every day today. And we'll see how long I can stack up those wins. Good for you, man. That's awesome that she challenged yeah. you. I think we both kind of come from that camp, right? Like our, <laughs> I think both of our wives uh, hold us accountable. Yeah, they'll call, they'll call me. Yeah, I'll get called out. It's like, why aren't you making cold calls today? What's your problem? Are you golf last week? You don't need to golf this week. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> hell? All right. So, uh, before we wrap this up, you got any, you got any goals? Uh, is there anything that you have lined out for 2024? Is it just 9,600? Is that your, is that your watch word for this year? Yeah. So my goal is 40, 40 new accounts. I want to write, you know, uh, my Jesus calendar, you're starting, my, cal my calendar, you're starting in November. I'm only at four right now. So I gotta, you know, that's not bad in two months, but I gotta really pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> to, to get to 40. Uh, so, yeah, but no, my other goal is just, um, man, I really want to be able to do a, a handstand. And I had this kind of goal last year, but it, I've gotten a lot better. But I was like, I realized I got I to gotta dive in deeper on some of my, push myself on my strength holds. So it's like, it's stupid stuff, but it's just like, no, push yourself, do that, you know, work on your hamstring flexibility, hold this for a minute and a half instead of a minute. Like just little things like that. Every single day I'm doing it. I have harder days than off days, but the off days I'm still kind of doing stuff. So ultimate goal is to be able to do a handstand, which sounds really stupid, but it's just one of those things I want to do. Um, hey, let me throw this out there real quick. So I think another part of this equation with the AMC and all that is, and I've heard Seth Godin talk about this from a different angle, but it's basically like we should be really careful which goals we pick because – I am very impulsive, so I'll just be like, All right, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a 50 mile ultra marathon," mm -hmm. because I see somebody do it on YouTube, and I'm like, "Oh, if they can do it, I can do it." And then I start for a week, and then I'm like, after a week, I'm like, "Well, this is fucking stupid. Why?" I, you know, when it kind of gets hard, and I'm like, "I don't yeah. feel like doing this. Like, why am I? I don't even have time to do this." And so, by proxy, like, what happens is. You're actually, your willpower shrinks, right? Like now that piece in your brain, 
So I think we should be very intentional about the goals we pick because if yeah. we're just impulsively seeing somebody do something that we want or you see this looks cool and like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Well, if you're not really intentional and don't really think through what it is that you want to do, it actually becomes detrimental, right? Because now you just keep reinforcing that that cycle that's like, I start something, I don't finish. It's okay. I start something, I don't finish. It's okay. And so I think, you know, I think picking the right goals and being very intentional is also a piece of this puzzle that um, needs to be considered. Yep. Um, no, so anyway. That's... That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So as you were saying that I had a couple of thoughts on some other goals, but one is the handstand. Um, two is uh, the, well, the 40 clients, right. In a, in a year. Um, and then, Oh, the, the third, and this is kind of just a fluffy one, I guess you'd say, but just to be more present and less distracted, you know, and not, just to only literally only check my phone if I need to, right? Kind of thing, like not just to check out a habit. Um, and then I think the fourth, and I would say is, uh, I actually really want to grow our YouTube channel to about, I'd like to be at 1500 by the end of the year. So we're at about 420 right now. So I'm really trying to get more intentional with how can I make better videos, intrigue people? You know, we, we got the course. So if you're listening, Check out our YouTube channel. Spread the word. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> got a lot of good. Plug. Yeah, yeah. But it's basically like three to ten minute bits. You know that you could that are I, I think pretty tactical, right? It's not just a bunch of fluffy stuff for the most part. So, anyways, that's kind of my what I'm thinking for this year. Got it. All right. So just to recap, how to crush your goals in 2024. Uh, and we don't say this from a place from expertise. I think we say this because we're both. <laughs> just as, uh, you know, just a normal Joe like everybody else. But following the Huberman thing, a little pathway, pick whatever it is that you're going to do. What do you need to do that you're avoiding that's going to actually move the needle? And just fucking do it anyways. And if it's so big that you just can't bring yourself to doing X, chunk it down. Pick a month. For that month, you're just going to do a chunk of it. And then build on it throughout the year, right? Okay, so I'm going to apply that. You're going to apply that. We'll hold ourselves accountable. Come back next year and see how it played out. Did Fat Boy one mile every day for a year? Did Micah make 9,600 cold calls, write 40 new clients, and God knows how much <laughs> revenue? Stay tuned. We'll have to find out next year, 2025. Okay, to wrap this up, like Micah said, if you have not checked out the YouTube channel, go check it out. Uh, link in the show notes. If you liked what we had to say, you've listened before in the past, or you just, you know, wanting to figure out, hey, how do I do this whole producer thing? We do have a course. It's called the Producer Playbook. Link in the show notes. It's a buck ninety-five. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Um, and with that, we will bid you adieu. Thanks for listening. Hope you crush it this week, and hope you have an even better twenty twenty-four. Adios. All right. We out.